still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and I'm joined by my two good friends and fellow <laughs> Bath fans. Charlie, to prove there is no bias, I'm going to come to you first because uh, you brought us a win this week. How are you? I did, I've done it, I've done it. <laughs> I have delivered, so... Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, honestly, had we lost, I would not be here. I mean, I would have just, uh, just, uh, just to stop all the criticism, I'm not sure we'd be able to look, look, look you in the eye again, Gabriel, had we lost. But no, we we turned it around, boys. We turned it around. Yeah. And Tom, also joined by you, of course, how are you? Um, the green shoots of last week emerged into flowers this week. Absolutely. It was a, a great uh, Friday night and a fantastic weekend of, of rugby in the, in the Six Nations. So, um, chalk and cheese compared with the the weekend before, and you know, um, talk about kind of sixty nine being the the magic number for, for many people. Um, <laughs> sixty nine days, boys, until we we last got to talk about a win on this on this podcast. Um, it's felt a long time coming, um, and it's yeah that that joke's fallen well and truly flat. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering where on earth you were going with that. Um, certainly didn't notice that in the running in the running notes, but yeah, um, sixty nine days and, and well worth the wait, Charlie. A brilliant win by Bath on Friday night against Sale in in minus seven degrees conditions. I think I think Stuart Hooper uh, wrapped up in about ten different coats, and, and Tian Schumann only came on for about ten minutes. Must have been shivering away on the sidelines. But despite that weather, a fantastic, fantastic performance. Yeah, I think uh, I was wondering, you know, is is, is Tian going to get back on other than that that, that ten minute spell uh, during the HIA? And I think he must have just walked back, uh, walked back to the bench, just shaking his head. No, not for me, man. <laughs> Bit chilly out, but um, no, it was sunny uh, South Africa as well. Like uh, playing for the cheaters, you know, shorts and t-shirts um, and all that. And he's come over. He must be. He must be questioning. Um, Christian his decision when he had to come on for that HIA and, and play at 10 as well. I play at 12 as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, don't, we don't often see a lot of Neil Hatley on the BT uh, coverage, but I wonder if he, Charlie, was, was in his usual T-shirt. Surely not even Neil Hatley was, was in a T-shirt on, on Friday night. Yeah, I think there are, there are two types of, uh, there, there are two types of men out there in the world. There are those that, that uh, follow the temperatures and dress accordingly. There are those who wear shorts no matter it's in the engine. Like rain, shine, snow, yeah, uh, all year round. And I, I, I hope Neil Hatley is, is firmly in there, in that, uh, in, in the shorts all year round crowd. But um, no, I think uh, enough about the weather. Sorry, Charlie, enough about the weather, lads. Let's kind of get into the game. Before we do that, I will just say um, follow us on socials at Bath Rugby Plug. Um, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Tom's imploring me to tell you that we're now on Spotify. So um, check us out on Spotify and share it with your mates. And if they listen to a podcast on Spotify, then obviously you can tell them it's on there now. So um, spread the word of the podcast at Birth Rugby Plug across socials. Um, and yeah, on this podcast, we are going to talk about that brilliant win against Sale at the AJ Bell. We're also going to talk about some not so great news uh, involving two Bath players, coronavirus and drink driving. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of it. We'll touch on the Stuke and JJ 
case, I guess. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit, as I teased last week, about Danny Cipriani and looking ever increasing like he won't be joining Bath, but we will get kind of your guys' takes on that and then talk about Danny Cipriani's former club, Gloucester, and the, fr- and the Friday night derby, another Friday night game on, fr- on obviously, on, fr- on Friday. We'll preview that. <laughs> Um, but Tom, let's get into the the sale game. And I think uh, we spoke before the game, not just on the podcast, but also on our text chain. That kind of we just wanted to see a, a strong back to the wall, wall performance. And and it, in many ways, the result, as it seemed like it was inevitable, wasn't necessarily important. But to get a win, just considering all that, was was wonderful. Well, I mean, I um, I think I said on the last week's podcast, kind of fifteen points or something. You uh, um, yeah, you, you were, the lead. Well, you're you're a bit low in your yeah. prediction for the Bath win, but. Um, I really wasn't confident going into it. I said to you right before the game, um, I'm not expecting a win, but I'd just be happy if I, we see a bit of fight um, and, you know, we see people put their hand up and, and kind of show a bit more pride in um, to, to be in a bath shirt. Um, and yeah, I, I tweeted after the game. It's the first time in, in quite a long time and certainly in this season that I've kind of felt proud to be a Bath rugby fan. I think not only uh, was the defence just outstanding um, pretty much throughout and I guess we'll come on to that but right from the off I mm. thought we were showing so much more endeavour than we've seen all season and I don't know whether what's happened to Reese Priestland but he was taking the ball to the line like we've, like we've never seen him do um, the you know he was getting it out wide in in uh, guys like Will Muir's hands who who looked like dynamite again and maybe it's <laughs> the competition for, for places with, with Tian Schumann. But right from the off boys, 90 seconds in, um, saw a lovely half break from Ben Spencer, who released Will Muir. Um, and if that pass had gone to Max Clark, we'd have been under the sticks in, in the second minute. Um, but we didn't panic and, you know, recycled the ball and a couple of phases later, got over for the try. And I thought, you know, that, that kind of playbook that we've spoken about so many times has it... Um, when the chips are down um, and, and we're back against the wall, have we uh, have we started to find, find some kind of attacking flair? I don't know about the playbook necessarily. I mean, uh, still didn't see many set piece moves. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, I, I, what, what I what I wanted, was just so impressed about was just uh, the grit and determination we showed, and just the, the spirit in the jersey because. It's something that I felt as I mean, and we've all spoken about as I felt has been lacking a bit. And just to stand up in you know in the face of adversity like we did, I mean, we we barely had the ball, Tom. I mean, and the defence was just magnificent. I mean, we're going to talk about Tom Dunn and Mars Reed, I'm sure, as two standouts. But uh, the the way we the way we 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 fronted up and uh, we 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 took every opportunity pretty much that presented itself to us. Mm-hmm. And that's and that clinicality is is something that's been lacking for us. And you know, we we yeah, we managed to take every opportunity. There were some players who really stood out individually, be that Tom de Glanville, uh, Will Muir, who just looked incredible. Um, mm. What a find that is! Imagine if someone had pointed him out at the start of the season, saying a surprise package. I'm not sure who <laughs> could have said that on this podcast. Possibly me. You'll have to listen back and uh, and, uh, and and find out. Well, but, uh, I'm really sick. I, I was on Cam Redpath, so I'm um, I'm pretty happy with that one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Landon, yeah. to uh, yeah to feature in a bar show. but yeah, I think I think you guys are right in what you're saying. Kind of, it was a big test of of, of where. Um, 
kind of to show to show that the players kind of still were buying into everything that was going on. I think it was a really, really difficult week and it's been a really difficult few weeks. And then the news that we're going to talk about came out yeah. with JJ and with Stukey. Uh, and kind of it really felt like kind of a circle the wagons moment for Hooper and for those guys. And and I think you're right, uh, Charlie, that there were certain guys uh, who, who who just stood out and kind of just just kind of took it upon themselves to um to, 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 to put the team on the back and to carry them. And I think it was weird because it's a fantastic performance, a fantastic win away at the AJ Bell. But I actually think some of the, the, the performances by by um, by certain individuals kind of maybe fell even below where they're usual and usually kind of associate you need everyone to play really well going to going to the AJ Bell to win. But I think that was kind of counteracted by some unbelievable performances. And and, and three guys in the pack for me who, who absolutely stood out was, was Tom Dunn, Number one, I think he made 35 tackles or something obscene like that. I don't make 35 tackles in 10 seasons. Josh Alley, who who was our only second row, and it looked like he had a, a shoulder injury kind of in that second half. But both of those guys to play 80 minutes in the front five, incredible performance from those boys. And I think the other one was Josh Bayless, a guy that I think during this difficult period for the club has really emerged as a, as a future leader and, and three guys there in the pack, Tom, who, who I, who I thought were just monumental. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you know, you, you mentioned the, the defense and I mean the, to make 34 tackles as a hooker um, in a, uh, in an 80 minute shift against a hugely physical pack like sale um, away from home after you've been playing week in, week out. And also to be a threat in attack, um, and to you know, continue your, your form, you should get the try. You know, we don't need much of an excuse on this podcast to wax lyric about Tom Dunn, but that is, they are absolutely monstrous numbers. Um, and, you know, when we've, we've had him on the, the podcast before, he's spoken about England ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentioned that one of the things that, that he, 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 you know, he's wanting to do is, is improve his carrying. We've seen two tries in two games, two really well taken tries. Um, so, you know, Luke Cowan Dickey, I thought was a bit of a star for England, but. Eddie Jones has got to be got to be taking note of of that for from Tom Dunn, um, and then yeah, Josh Bayliss. We we mentioned following the members' evening how kind of mature and um, kind of well spoken that he you know he he came across um, and as a bit of a leader. And he was the guy whenever there was a a ball on the floor or wherever there was a, a half break and you know one of the bar players had to support or get back. It was always Josh Bayliss who was there. Mm-hmm. You could tell how much he wanted it. How much you walk around the park, tables, and 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 show, um, you know, show what kind of meant to him for play for Bath, and um, you know, with with Charlie Yule's away, uh, you know, a lot with England at the moment, he is certainly, I think, a future mm. leader, as you mm. say. Yeah, I mean, another player, I think you, I, I feel that you perhaps left out. I did just mention him, Miles Reed as well. Mm. The man, yeah. the man made thirty tackles. You know, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, yes, Tom Dunn was was unbelievable. It, it, making thirty four. Miles Reed makes 30. Those two alone made 30% of the tackles in the entire game. I mean, yeah. if, you, if yeah. you, want, you want to talk about industrious work rates, that, <laughs> that, that sort of highlights it, doesn't but it? You, I mean, he, he sticks his head. He sticks his head in places that I wouldn't want to get close to. I mean, flying knees, he gets around the ankles. I, 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 I loved watching him. Uh, on, I think... Right, the, Charlie, the, the, stat, the stats, like you mentioned there, the stats are ridiculous. I don't think like you ever... We like to kind of, particularly me and you, Charlie, uh, we like to kind of pour over the, the stats. And like, you never see... So every single one of the top 10 tacklers in the game was Bath. Mm. And our three top tacklers, like you say, Dunn, Reed, and, and Mike Williams, 
um, made almost as many as the total sale um, squad that played on the day. It, it's it's just staggering. And, you know, this is against big guys as well. I mean, those Dupria, those Dupria uh, back row. Are Which one? Uh, literally, yeah. quarter of that team is called Dupria. <laughs> you know they're twins as well. Yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, there was there was four of the prayers on the pitch, I think. But if yeah. there were eight of them, because that that blonde that blonde one and the the number eight, they were just everywhere. They just every time they the sale had the ball, they seemed to be carrying and, and beating defenders. I, mean, I think you guys are right. The the win is was based on 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 just a great defensive effort, and I think kind of the key the key period of the of the game in terms of our scoring was was the the final 10 minutes of that first half where we went from 10 all to to 24 10 at half time um scored two tries from um Josh Bayless and the first one from uh from Tom Tom, from Tom Dunn the one you, you kind of just alluded to there Tom and and I think both of those tries we saw the first try coming from a break from Spencer but both of those next two tries came from our defence and that transition from defence we forced them into errors in defence and then from that we were quick and opportunistic and we turned the ball over and I think that defence and that harrying and that work rate kind of bore out those 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 two tries and, and ultimately Charlie they were the key kind of moments in that first half which allowed us to build a score which ultimately Sale weren't quite strong enough to come back from because I think we only scored three points in that second half so that was a key period of the game. Yeah I mean again that I I I sort of had my heart in my mouth um, when uh, it was it was it was ten all, and they were sort of battering, they were battering uh, in our uh, in our half. And I was thinking, oh god, the floodgates are going to open in a minute. The floodgates are going to open in a minute. Uh, like we've seen it so many times this season, where there's just a period where we just we collapse. And you could imagine at that, at that point where we we fronted up so well at the start, we've got ahead on the score sheet, and then they sort of they were starting to kind of. They got the pickaxe out and they were starting to chip away. And I just felt like it was coming. If you, you know, TN comes on uh, with the HIA and you're thinking, oh God, like something, something's going to happen here. And then, yeah, as you say, it just came from defensive pressure and just, and, and just, you know, felt like just trusting the, trust the system. Uh, and tr- it just seemed a lot more trust in, in the team, between the players. Uh, everyone was fronting up at the tackles. And then obviously, yeah, the, 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 there's that attempted kick through because they, they can't, can't break down the wall goes badly wrong that Mercer scoops it up and uh, almost almost goes full 80 metres but um, and, then, and then as, you, as we've already highlighted your man uh, Josh Bayliss is there just to dive mm. over but, um, yeah a key period in, that, in the game that felt like Tom yeah and I thought as, as well like that that was like Mercer try you know that is such a typical um, uh, you know bath time to, to concede mm. um, whether a penalty or I was so often going to half time, you know, having just conceded and having just passed the, you know, the momentum back to to, to the opposition. But we were so, um, you know, just the the defensive the defensive press and the aggression and, and just to be honest, the heart that we showed, as you as you as you're exactly as you exactly say, you're exactly right, um, kind of led to that that um, that opportunity for Mercer. I think the other thing to flag that I think was a, a big improvement. And this is all the more impressive when you when you think about the guys that we had out. Um, I thought the the three set pieces, so your line out scrum and the, the restart and exit were mu- much improved. Restarts improved. Yeah. And yeah, ex- exactly. I knew Toby Fallot was the key guy, key guy our, re- re- uh, our, our, our kind of uh, restart. Um, but I think having Josh McAnally there to call mm. the line out, to kind of marshal um, everyone around the field a little bit, 
I think he was key. And, you know, you mentioned he picked up a knock. I don't think there were um, kind of many injuries that were going to stop him and Tom Dunn from, from getting that for Leite. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, yeah, I think the defensive effort was fantastic. And I, I don't want to kind of turn it negative already, but I do think that the defensive effort was brilliant in in terms of the system that we operate and the harrying and kind of the, the work rate to, to cover back once there was a missed tackle. But it did feel like there were there were a number of missed tackles, kind of one-on-one missed tackles, guys, from, from both teams. And I don't know whether it was the, the the cold and the conditions which was causing it to be more difficult to tackle, whether it was just the physicality of some of those sail ball carriers. But I think we saw kind of a lot of the time that John Luke Dupree kind of shrugging off some of our defenders. And I think that was never more... Um, Never more kind of obvious, obvious exactly uh, in the in the first two minutes of the the second half, Charlie, when um, we saw a, a tap and go from a penalty from Sale, and, and kind of it does feel like it's inevitable that they're going to score from that. But bloody hell, it would be nice if it wasn't off the first tap. That was pretty yeah, cool. first tap. Yeah, that's what I and, yeah. and Max I did, I think, Yeah, I thought I did think that was a uh, pretty pretty poor and I mean they called post hadn't they and then and they were like probably like actually nah and their team come on they were like oh guys are absolutely sucking in under the posts let's go let's go let's go for it no exactly I mean look it's uh, yeah uh, as you say Gabe uh, we've we've spoken about lots of negatives for quite for quite a few weeks so uh, don't don't, don't want to spin it too negative but yeah I mean that that as as an individual moment was was terrible and yeah you, you're quite right they, I mean it's not we're not we're not skipping through the daisy fields at the moment mm-hmm. after that one win I mean there's still plenty of work on and we, we've got to go mm-hmm. and back this up if if we if this is actually it, it, it's got to be more than the flash and pan because there, there still are lots of question marks I mean Tom you might have mentioned the playbook but I I, I think there was there was three moments of of well yeah three or four moments of individual brilliance uh and sort of key turning points that we, we managed to make the most of during that game. And that's what allowed us to build up a lead, it was, which ultimately was a first-half lead. Mm. You said it was only three points in the second half. And I, I think if I, if, I was, if I was a Sale fan, I would be... I mean, we've spoken about selection on, the, on this podcast. I would be questioning some of, some of the selection decisions. Like when Faf de Klerk and AJ McGinty came on off the bench, like I... I the game was definitely turning their way. I mean, we got very lucky that that Fafta Clerk try was uh, was disallowed for the forward pass, um, and it was borderline. Uh, you know, it's, it's, so yeah, I think I think yeah, we we, we definitely got to we, we yeah we, did, we definitely got to go away and, and and improve some of these areas, sharpen up some of the one on one tackling game. Wasn't good enough, but what do you expect from some of yeah against some South Africans as big as these, these those boys are but uh yeah I think I think we we, we definitely got to uh yeah as a, yeah. as a few work ones in defense and I still didn't see much attack other than individual moments that we we've, we've been highlighting yeah I, I thought I thought we should a bit more a little bit more endeavor um and you know guys like guys like Will Muir or to be honest, just Will Muir, oh, Glanville, get, getting hands on the ball out wide is something that we, we were wanting to see. But I think just to carry on your point a little bit, and gee, maybe put this to you, hmm. playing kind of devil's advocate. So you mentioned, you know, was it nine changes for, for Sale? And I agree, I think if you're a Sale fan, you're, you're a bit disappointed um, when that kind of, that risk doesn't pay off. But I think this is actually something we mentioned when we previewed this game. 
I think the the sale way of doing things, or particularly that side that was on the field for sale, their way of doing things plays into our hands much more than a Bristol or a Wasps who are playing out wide. It's loose. Um, they're they're offloading. Um, and I think our system, our, our defensive system has fallen down when we played teams like that. Mm. But I think against a scale attack like that, it's very much route one. And it's very much, I'm going to beat you up, win the, win the battle of physicality, get close to the line, and then just grind our way over. And I think that, when you're defending that kind of outfit, I think it's, it's much easier for one, for like six individuals, essentially, to step up and to put in 30, 35 tackles mm. and basically to carry the team defensively. Whereas when you're playing against a side that's kind of well-drilled, quite cohesive, playing out wide, there's no way that Tom Dunn or even Miles Reed could put in 34 tackles mm. against the Bristol or Wasps who are playing in those outside channels. So I think from that view, I don't want to get carried away because I think the, the, the attacking strategy that kind of Sale went for, I think that, that, that kind of did play into our hands a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Charlie, on, on the pre, in the preview, that, that yeah. the only hope we had was that they would try and make it a physical dogfight and, and that would almost play into our hands, as, as you suggest, Tom. Yeah. So, so I think trying to turn this a little bit more positive. I think for me, I mentioned that that crucial ten minutes in the in, in in the end of the first half where we scored two tries. But I think another key moment when it felt like a huge psychological moment for for both sides was in that second half, Tom, um, where I think we were uh, actually defending for five minutes and seven seconds of ball in play time, um, which is you know to put that into perspective. If it's if it's over about if it's over two minutes generally, that's a, a an extremely long period of ball in play time. So for five minutes, seven seconds, where we were defending pretty much throughout that whole period, sale kind of in and around our 22, couldn't quite break into our 22, tackles, 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 and then for that to end in a in a McNally turnover, I think on about 60 minutes. Yeah. That felt like a moment where where sale threw everything at us, the kitchen sink at us. And we were uh, brave and and and, and well organised enough to to, to rebuck it. Yeah, I think when you, when you put that in context of the game as well, rebuck, <laughs> <laughs> Roebuck, you played on the wing for the <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah, like I was staggering. I think Hooper described it as um as as in his interview as two heavyweight boxers kind of slugging it out in the twelfth round and kind of completely emptying the tank. And that's what it felt like a little bit. Mm. It felt like you know there were guys down. Nally was down. Um, we looked kind of out on our feet, but we just felt absolutely determined. Um, and, you know, when you put that in the context of a game, you know, it was like probably 45 minutes of, of game time in a, in a game like that, of, of ball in play time. So that's sort of 15% of that whole game is in that one passage of play. So they must have been absolutely, <laughs> absolutely yeah, shocked. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, it's been fair to Dan. He, he, he cracked on. And then, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, un, un, unbelievable. And I think we said at the time when we were watching it, that felt more important than any try or mm. um, even kind of the, vic the victory itself in, in some ways. I think that coming together of those players and that kind of victory, and you could see they, they all looked like they'd won the World Cup when they, when they got that turnover at the end. It, it did feel like a massive galvanising moment. And I think when, we, when they do the review um, today, probably on Monday, um, that's one of the key things they'll look back on is that how did we... Um, how do we how do we hold them out? How ultimately did we compose ourselves? We were really well disciplined as well. No penalties for that whole period, um, and that's something that we've got to try and um, sort of 
carry on or, and kind of, you know, in future games, as you say, Charlie? Yeah, I think I think psychologically, this 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 win will will be hugely important for, for the team. Obviously, it's been uh, sixty nine days since we last spoke about a Bath rugby win. So, uh, I mean, it's it, it's been a really tough start to the season, and I think we've seen the boys psychologically their heads have their heads have been going down in games when perhaps they shouldn't. And I think there maybe there's been slight. Uh, not lack of belief, but um, it's 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 been perhaps sinking its teeth into them. That oh, are we not? Uh, is this squad not quite as as, as good as we were? Uh, you know, was was last season the anomaly? As Gabe, you 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 might have suggested in in the past. Um, so yeah, I think I think it, it'll, it'll give them a lot of belief that we've beaten one of the top informed sides, and the way we did it um, in in you know, taking. The opportunities that that came our way and uh, and you know putting in a real sort of team effort. Um, yes, there were some individual performances, but it was a bit of a team effort. It's it's you know, be hugely important and hopefully a bit of a turning point in our season. We didn't. They, they, this wasn't this wasn't a smash and grab win. We 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 went out, we led, and we held on to the lead. You know, uh, and I think I think that's really important. It was a good performance rather than. Just uh, overturning a really poor team, we we put yeah. in a great performance. And just say one more thing as well on that 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 period of play. It wasn't just the five and a half minutes. You know, Sale had their tails up massively after that first half. They they got that easy try from the the pick and go, and you felt like there was a bit of a swinging momentum. So to hold on until I think it was the seventy fifth minute. So you know, over half an hour there of 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 the game where we held out, got that single penalty, and didn't concede any points. Um, in that period so it was a sustained um, not just defence but sustained um, kind of disciplined um, half an hour that and you know that's the period of the game where usually we've kind of given away our lead and made it a bit of a um, anyone's game in that last five minutes but ultimately when you know we started to tire in that last five minutes and the clerk started to get things going ultimately I think the fact that we had held out for that period meant that it was kind of too little, too late, mm. and they didn't have enough time. Yeah, I agree, and I, I hope Charlie that you're right that it is a um, it is a, a season kind of changing moment. I, I, I guess I just would worry that a we're nowhere near out the woods, although the kind of woods are looking a little bit less good with no um, with no relegation. But kind of we are still four points behind Leicester in ninth, and, and kind of five, only six points of Gloucester. Um, who are obviously bottom and where we play them on Friday night. So we're not out of the woods yet. And, and I do fear that, that maybe we still haven't seen us, us put in a strong performance against a side that, that kind of want to throw the ball around and, and yeah. want to kind of stretch us in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I think not to harbour too much criticism. I think that it's fantastic to, to win, to feel um, kind of good about being a Bath fan for, for, for a week. And, and yeah, hugely brave performance by, by a number of guys. And I think, just fine. I think Reese Priestland, uh, just the last guy I'll mention, kicking fantastically, kind of looked a little bit more alive in attack. And I thought he kind of, as you kind of alluded to, Tom, deserved a mention. Uh, but I thought in particular his kicking off the tee and then out of hand was was fantastic on Friday night. Were you were you of you boys actually concerned that we could get relegated? Because it never really it never really crossed my mind, to be honest. Maybe, maybe that's overconfident, but no. I mean, like you look down the quality of squad we got. I, I, 
like doesn't matter, does it really? <laughs> well, no, no, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Like games aren't won or lost on paper, but I did look down the quality of squad that we had, and I just felt like we, we, you know, no, no matter what, we would have enough to win win enough games. I mean, obviously, we, we have been on a losing streak, but I, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't think it was, it was sort of all over and you know it's all doom and gloom from here on out like this the, the, this moment was going to come at some point and I hope it is a turning point as, as you say Gabriel and it's not just a flash in the pan but uh, no I, I always felt we had enough obviously it's something we don't have to worry about now for this season but uh, yeah uh, and, I, and I also I also think that it's all, it's felt inevitable for a little bit that um, that this this no relegation was going to be introduced and so as things have started to spiral um, I guess I've always had that in the back of my mind that I don't necessarily think there is going to be a relegation, but um, I am glad, honestly, I'm glad that there is. One, just quickly, <laughs> well, sorry, just quickly while we've mentioned no relegation, I mean, uh, what would you boys like to see, therefore, from, uh, I mean, this, this is a pretty unusual circumstance where we've got no relegation. What do you want to see from Bath? A lot of, and playing... Orlando Bailey, firstly, but playing the younger guys, I think I wanted to see it before, but I think now it's just a perfect opportunity to kind of just try just to try them in in, in situations where they're they're kind of likely to, to to flourish and give them a run of games, not just one 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 or two games. I think I just don't I just kind of understand why why someone like and I don't want to pile on because I often do, but why is Will Chudley on the bench at Scrum Half when he's going to Worcester next year and there's no relegation and we've got a kid in Max Green who probably doesn't have long left on his contract and we, we may lose him at some point without actually ever seeing him play and when we do see him play, we see those glimpses. I, I just cannot understand that selection. Like, where's Max Wright? He's a fantastic, another fantastic prospect. Kind of, where where's that selection going? I would like to see, Charlie, the guys that, that we haven't seen kind of given a go, these these often younger guys given a go to see what we have in that position so we can then make an evaluation and kind of build towards the future. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd add, I would, I would kind of counter on that is I, I agree with you. Um, but you see a lot of fans say exactly that and they say that on the one hand and then the other hand will lose one or two games in a row and suddenly everyone's... Um, mm. or, and that's not you and, and that's not you Charlie but I, I think there's a lot of people who say that I want to see Orlando Bailey and a lot of people get behind that kind of thing but then also get straight on um, you know Hooper's back and, and, and Hatley's back when stuff starts to go wrong yeah, so you can't you can't what I'm saying is you can't have it both ways and I know that's not what you're would, saying would they be getting on Hooper's back and Hatley's back as much if the younger guys were playing in these positions <sighs> I think like no but look just because that was sort of going to be my next question is what do you think Stuart Hooper will do? I mean, is it, mm. obviously what do we want to see is one question. What do we think Stuart Hooper and the coaches will do? Because look, that's not, I, I think, I think we've been on the side of uh, it, it takes time to build a good squad and a good team. And therefore you need some stability at the top. I do think on this podcast, we, we've taken that side. Um, so I'm not just saying, Oh, he's won one game. Let, let's turn it all around. Look, it's definitely it's, it's crossed minds like does there need to be a change at the top um, and I think we said it we've, we've said we, we questioned it on this podcast what what does need to change and something at the top of the club probably still does I still think in attack coach we need to install a defence coach like all of this stuff is still very much relevant but Stuart Hooper he's got to think you know I, I mean 
It really if, it, so if he goes around, puts puts all the kids out and tries all these new people. I'm not saying all of the kids. That's not how you should do it. You should bring them in gradually around other players who are experienced and 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 have kind of got that supporting mechanism around them. But Stuart Hooper, ultimately, it, it, it's results driven sport. Sport is 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 results driven, and he needs to win games and that's what he's there and that's what his job is to do him neil hatley all of the coaches so whether that actually happens or not maybe the club needs to come out if they are going to do it and say look this is this is what we're planning to do we're building towards next season we're uh, like i don't know whether the club says yeah i I just think charlie it depends kind of how how stable hooper feels in this job uh, and we have no idea kind of the conversations behind closed doors that he's having with with A, Tarkin McDonald and B, kind of, well, mostly Tarkin McDonald and I guess partly Bruce Craig. And I, I, I kind of get the impression, I don't know why, but I don't think he necessarily does feel that confident in his job. And that really? is probably the reason why we we haven't seen these guys. But I think if he got the assurances that that that... I don't think they'd necessarily come out and say in public, but if they had a conversation in the back that kind of their policy going forward for this season was going to be if there was a, a decision to make go with uh, the option for the future, then then I think that, that that and have that conversation with Tarkin and then get the assurance that that wouldn't kind of affect his job, then I think he would do it. But I think that he he, he trusts he trusts Matavesi, he trusts Chudley, he trusts Williams, he trusts um, these these guys, Juan Schumann, I guess maybe instead of some of the um, the other younger uh, props, and I think that is why we probably haven't seen uh, these younger guys because I, I can find no other explanation for it because it appears to me that they're not injured. Yeah, or or or, or I guess not ready in the case of Orlando Bailey. You know, he's spoken about they're not being. But why is Max those... Green not playing? Yeah, that, that's that that's the biggest mystery. That, that is a weird one. Yeah, everyone for me. We've said that loads of times, and, and he hasn't mentioned any injury report and. Then I think that's separate to your point because he gets in on merit. Like, I, so I know. It, you know, it's yeah, it, it's there's a really fine line, isn't there, between playing your current players that you've got who are established and have, have experienced and more likely to win you games, and then also trying to look to the future. Because if you always look to the future, then you'd always be playing your kids, and you hmm. never actually. But you never um, have a non-relegation season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this time, this is the time to do it out of. Of, of any time but I, I think there's also a fine line between bringing in guys like that them getting pumped yeah. and does that do them more harm than good probably yeah. it does in some also, it's, it, it is one to watch because let's not forget it was announced officially on mm. Saturday uh, no uh, Friday sorry uh, during the day that there was going to be no relegation I mean he can't go and change his squad and be like oh well, in that, in that situation Chudley you're out Reese, you're <laughs> out <laughs> Lando, Max, get your boots off. We go yeah. up to as well. <laughs> the reality probably is as well. The guys like Reese Priestland probably have, you know, they, he's trying to get in the shop window, isn't he, for for Wales for next season. Whether that's going to happen, you know, they're two from two in the Six Nations, so probably not. Um, you know, we're one from six, but um, like, he, yeah, he's probably got a certain number of games per season in his contract that he needs to play. No, yeah, yeah, maybe hundred percent. He, anyway, he wants to get in the trouble. Anyway, yeah. this is, this is yeah, chatting about some news. One for another day. Yeah, and, and I think you're right, Charlie, that the, the the game on Friday, team selection by both teams, kind of both teams at the bottom, will, will therefore prove fascinating. We'll come on to that. Can I just say one quick thing yeah. you touched on, but I think it, it's a point that needs to be made. Sorry. <laughs> um, is that 
whilst there were guys that massively stood up, there were guys that were also carried on Friday night. Um, and there were guys who simply do not look at the races, whether that's because it's fitness and, you know, with the guys we've got missing, is it 14 guys missing or something yeah, for internationals? 16, something. 16 missing. Our squad depth's been massively tested. But, you know, to, to, to be brutally honest and, and name a couple of them, Max Clark um, was just, just didn't look fit and didn't look um, kind of physically at the races in the way that he normally does. Um, and Henry Thomas, I mean, when, when, he, when he came on, um, he just wasn't able to to live with the physicality at the scrum. And as a tight head prop, um, as I know, that's a fairly fundamental issue. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I think there's there's also going to be guys this week taking probably a long, hard look at their individual performances and mm-hmm. thinking that needs to be better. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tom, when when you came up against Ross Harrison and uh, Valerie Morozov, you 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 were definitely a lot more physical than Henry Torres. Yeah, Valerie Mor- Morozov, it's, like, it's like looking in the mirror, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the shoulders on him. <laughs> yeah, I think two guys in particular who will be looking at their performance over well, probably not last week, but uh, what was it, twenty fourth of January, and, and maybe being a little bit critical of it. He's um, so smooth, that was me, these segues. <laughs> Jonathan Joseph and Elliot Stook, boys. Um, oh, what do we do about this? So, so, so it's reported on um, the 11th of February that Elliot Stook and Jonathan Joseph charged with infringements of the COVID-19 rules. So meeting up, um, mixing with different households uh, um, on the 24th of January, a Sunday evening, and yeah, so they were caught alongside the Wasps uh, hooker, Gabriel Gray, who used to be part of the Bath Academy, so that's the link there. They were charged, um, and Stuke was given um, a one-game uh, ban. Sorry, yeah, what, Stuke, uh, sorry, Joseph was given a one-game ban, and Stuke a two-game ban, along with warning and community service for Stuke. And then it was reported the next day by Alex Lowe of the Times that Stuke had been charged with drink driving home from that um, that mixing incident. So all in all, an, an absolute um, an absolute shambles, a really disappointing uh, incident. I think given the way we are stretched, we mentioned sixteen guys unavailable, and particularly the second row. And I think it's at moments like this where where these guys, Stuke and JJ, are meant to be leaders of that squad, really need to stand up, Charlie. And, and, and for those reasons, these guys aren't young guys, and particularly for those reasons. But I think, you know, they're so much at risk here, not just the COVID, but clearly the drink driving. It was just hugely, hugely disappointing news. Yeah, yeah I know. Look, I think this is, yeah, it's, it's, it's not good in uh, however you look at it. Look, I mean, drink driving is obviously incredibly dangerous. Uh, for one, um, look, I'm not... I, I'm not going to, I mean, we, we used to message each other and we said, look, none of us uh, are on this podcast are definitely, we're not um, going to sit up on Mount Pius and be like, oh, how dare you go for a drink or how, how dare you go see your friends or something. I mean, obviously it's not great. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very bad. Um, drink driving is completely un- unacceptable and it's really stupid, but especially when you add into that, we're in the middle of a, of an, we're in the middle of a national lockdown. Uh, also these guys, like, their jobs rely on on supporting an entire organisation, which in turn supports a load of other people's jobs. And like we're not sat here at a moment where relegation doesn't matter, uh, like we are today. This was back in January. This was not announced. I mean, if things go badly wrong, like they clearly have. I mean, he's who knows if he might have been available a few weeks earlier or or, or whatever. But I just yeah, it's it's really it's really not great. I mean, it's it's just so stupid. Like the 
they'll they'll obviously have gone and looked at themselves in the mirror and thought, how stupid is that? I mean, it's not just drink driving. The guy crashed his car by himself into something. So, which to me suggests that you probably are quite drunk when you're doing that. I mean, it's it's there's there's, there's no excuse for it anyway. I feel you know. Yes, without wanting to kind of pile pile on to like kind of the the moral implications of it, Tom. Well, go on if you want to. Well, no, it's more. It's more, uh, yeah. It's it's incredibly stupid, and it, yeah, it is. It's it's more than disappointing for 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 all bar fans. Really, you know, there are so many people who are being really badly affected in lots of different ways by by what's going on. Um, you know, lost jobs, lost lost families, etc. And these guys are in an incredibly privileged position in which they do a job that is an em- the envy of us all. Um, they get to they're carrying on. They're still playing rugby. They um, you know, in some cases, selected for England, and and their their jobs of of going on essentially um, as they were previously. You know, bar standing a few meters apart from the the national anthem, um, and so for 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 with that come certain responsibilities, and so for 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 those guys, particularly as senior players, as guys who are setting examples within the squad at what is a really tough time for for the club, is is just absolutely shocking and. Um, yeah, obviously for 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 the drink driving thing to be to be kind of added into the mix kind of makes it even worse for for Elliot Stuke and you know he'll be he'll be dealt with dealt with by 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 the, you know ultimately the police and it might well have lifelong um, implications for him that he'll 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 regret. So it's yeah it's it's massively massively disappointing. I think Elliot Stuke we don't know what his future is whether he's been going to Wasps and was that the reason he did it? Has he already kind of checked out? And for Jonathan Joseph, you know, not to be selected to England for England. See your England career. Ooh, how how you know? How do you react to that? You either you either prove Eddie Jones wrong and you um, get back in the squad where you know we all know he deserves to be, or you act in exactly the opposite way that that does that and mm. uh, and do what he's done. So um, I think mass, massively stupid. They'll they'll be they'll be gutted, but. Um, yeah, it 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 definitely um, left a bit of a bitter taste after you know what was a what was a great night on Friday night for the club. Yeah, yeah, you, you are absolutely right in everything you're saying, guys. And I think just the disappointing thing, as you say, Tom, from from a, from a fan's point of view, is is kind of like just the 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 the, the responsibility that they have to get these games on for for as you say, Charlie, not just themselves but everyone at the club and for the fans as well. And I think to do something like this is just. It's just hugely, hugely, yeah, more than disappointing, as you say, Tom. And I think it's just come at such a bad time for for, for Bath and, and kind of with with all the uh, absentees through through injury and through England internationals. These are two guys we really needed to rely on, and, and for for that not to be the case is disappointing. And I think, yeah, it will certainly be considered uh, when 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 they're discussing someone like Elliot Stukes' future. And I think certainly Eddie Jones will consider uh, that when he comes to selecting uh, someone like Jonathan Joseph for future England squads. I think showing that kind of recklessness is just not what you want uh, in an England squad or in a bar squad. So we'll kind of wait to see how that one plays out. And I think DJ is due to come back uh, in the game against Gloucester. I hope to see um, kind of kind of him back in and, and reinvigorating kind of with a point to prove, um, but it may go the other way and, and it may prove that, that he's slightly checked out on this season. But we'll wait to see wonder, kind of how that one plays out. I wonder out. if it would, would, it, would, it, would it void any contract that Elliot Stooks in the process of of signing like you know say he's uh, if there's an ongoing investigation which there is he could be left in a position where he can't sign and he's out of contract with Bath so 
Um, you know, I, I don't know if that there's any legal basis for what I've just said, but it just occurred to me um, <laughs> on the fly there, and he, he could be left in a in a really really shit position. Hey, hey, it look, could genuinely really really impact his career. I I think. No, look, it, it could look. These, these things will all have consequences, and look, I think uh, they they. Everyone makes mistakes, big or small, in, in their life. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, not defending them at all. Uh, but I just think, you know, they they made a big one. Uh, Stuke especially, they'll take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror, and they'll have to deal with whatever comes their way. But um, yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it's, it's last we we hear about these sorts of things because it's just it's just it's stupid and and just unnecessary. And yet, you'd hope that uh, you'd hope that they'll learn from it and know mm. know better. And bounce back on the pitch now. Don't, don't, don't do anything else. Don't. There's no need for any talk in the press. Just come back to Bath yeah. and put in performances to show, to prove your commitment to the club. That's all you can do now, as far as I see. Anyway, the, the news section of this podcast is usually filled with baseless speculation of potential signings. So, uh, well, I was, just gonna, I, was, I was just, I was just going to say one guy who um, who was relatively familiar with with kind of. Um, being Gold. being in the news for, for golden, maybe, golden for, handcuffs for maybe the right or wrong reasons uh, is Danny Cipriani, Charlie, uh, a guy that um, it's been rumoured over the- another man who's been accused of drink driving in the bar. Yes. <laughs> Let's get one more of them. Just what we need in the club right now. <laughs> um, so, kind of that aside, Charlie, looking at him, uh, kind of on the pitch and everything that Danny Cipriani would bring. I think it's been reported over the course of the last ten days that Bath have been in discussions with Cipriani. I think it's looking increasingly more like it's not going to happen, given we haven't heard anything else. I think I read a, a piece in the, the rugby paper where Neil Fistler said that he was going to make us wait until the summer. Um, kind of, if we were to, to make the move and pull the, the trigger on Cipriani, Charlie, would kind of talking about it if it would happen now, would you be happy for to, to, to see to add him to the ranks? Oh. God, no. This is the <laughs> last thing I want to happen. Honestly, the last thing I want to happen. Look, Danny Cipriani, don't get me wrong, is a phenomenal talent and uh, can do magical things. And he could could potentially have a very short-term impact, but it's, it's, it's just not the person we need around at the moment. I mean, it's been quite widely reported about how it's uh, it's it's Danny's way or it's, or it's no way at all. I mm. mean... And I don't think that builds a good, a good sort of like club culture. Like you saw sort of what happened to Gloucester, like when, when Cipriani wasn't about, um, even when they were playing well, uh, kind of over the past, uh, well, like two seasons ago, if he wasn't about, then the team didn't really perform. And it was it, 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 like Cipriani was the key cog and everything. And I, and you've got to build an entire team around him. He, and that to me is not necessarily a short term fix. Like, and look, Danny Cipriani aside, we just signed Tian Schumann. So what on earth would, would be the point in signing Tian Schumann to then just go and sign Danny Cipriani and think, oh, look, this is a good player. He'll turn everything around because look, I, I don't think one player can turn everything around. We need a 10, that's for sure. I hope Tian Schumann's the guy and I want him to be given given more of the reins, especially after no relegation. Um, so you know, I, I, I think... I think uh, it's it's sort of it was it was sort of too tempting for journalists and kind of rugby media to get to get their hands on thinking oh Bath made a ten Danny Cipriani's available and it just seems to just sort of all sort of fall into place everyone trying to sort of make this happen and Bath is struggling Danny could turn them around but no I I really think it would be a terrible idea 
Yeah, for me, this sounds like just another person to add to the list of, um, you know, guys that are the mill. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it seems like, you know, everything that Hooper is saying um, in his kind of relatively kind of management speak about building this this culture and this environment and, you know, the values of hard work and trust that the club's obviously built on. If he then said... Which player is he in world rugby? Is he most That's unlikely to sign? He he would be up there. I, I just think it, it, it's not someone that I can possibly imagine that Hooper would be interested in. And I'm not saying that Ciprani's not a talented player. We know he is. But it, it, it particularly as we've just signed a, a fly half, it doesn't seem like to me there's any um, kind of, there's anything in it at all. And, you know, from Cipriani's perspective, they're going to pay him much more than we could pay him with the salary cap being reduced in um, in France or in Japan or something like that. Um, and it's a hell of a lot warmer, as we've said. So um, <laughs> what I'd be doing if I was him. Yeah, I think just kind of flesh out the bones. So John Evely at Somerset Live reported um, uh, and kind of referenced a, a source close to the club uh, saying they've been in talks with Cipriani. Uh, and then Ben Coles, who is a reporter with the Telegraph, said it doesn't sound like Cipriani to Bath will happen, club looking at another option. But yeah, I just think that if, if it was Cipriani, then it would just feel like almost a panic button by, by Hooper was pressed. And I think that would definitely be more likely to happen if, if we were starting to slide into relegation and relegation still existed. And I really can't see it, see it happening now. And I think if it was to happen, I, I tend to kind of side with you, Charlie. It wouldn't work as a short-term deal because you say we'd need to build a team about, around him. And I think long-term, we need to kind of stick with the plan that we've got with Priestland, Schumann and, 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 and Bailey to kind of Bailey's the key guy here, isn't he, really? Like, he's the guy long-term we want to be playing fly half a bar. So, kind of have that bridge of, of Priestland slash Schumann and then develop Bailey. And I think signing cool. that Briani would be a complete kind of change of course to, to a guy which would then try and build the squad around him and then not focus on kind of bridging to... to it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And I... And I go on, Sorry, no, it's like, yeah. It's it's not going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. So uh, yeah, I mean we, we we we've spoken about it, but um, so Reese is off the agenda because I promised it last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean look, we really want just, to talk about it. <laughs> no, it's going to get me triggered. Um, but uh, Priestland's off, isn't he? He's got off to Cardiff at the end of the season. Yeah, so so I guess yeah. Priestland's at the end of the season, Schumann for another year, and then and then Bailey is is short. Yeah, but so we we still do need another ten in the squad. Like there's that that is still something that needs to be sorted. Got Bailey. Uh, no, I know, but still, like two two tens in the squad, like that's a very important position. Got to be. Yes, okay, Matt, yeah, he can play there, but I just think no, no, he can play there. And but, but that, guy, that guy, that guy would be a, not a big money guy. That would be like you know, I guess the most recent example would be like Alex Davis or someone like that. Mm. It's, it's not someone who's probably fairly versatile and can fit in and is experienced and can lead the like Bath United side. But it's not, a, it's not. We don't need a big name to add to those two. No, we need a third choice. Yeah, so. Yeah, we need a third shot. Well, I mean that that I mean, you know, let's not forget Lando Bailey's still in the academy, uh, and we we've still not seen any of him. Can he actually perform at this level? Hopefully, we'll, we'll find we'll that out in the next few weeks. Yeah. Anyway, so, let's let's move on um, to Danny play to Bath playing against Danny Cipriani's former club, Gloucester. Um, Tom, another Friday night game, which yeah. I've mentioned about six times already on this podcast. Um, we mentioned 
the no relegation. And I think that's kind of that's kind of affecting teams like Bath and Gloucester most, I think. How do you think that will affect, first of all, the team selection and then kind of maybe the way Bath will approach this in terms of the game plan? Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm getting getting quite enjoying these uh, Friday night Bath games, actually. Um, you know, I finish work on a Friday and... Um, well, you can get the uh, misery over uh, early. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How <laughs> um, do I think? Yeah, I mean, Gloucester, another, you know, another team that have been in a really bad run of form. I mean, even worse than... Mm. Than us, you, as I said, it was sixty-nine games, sixty-nine days for us, seventy-eight days for Gloucester since they last won in the Prem. Um, so it's been a, it's been a pretty terrible run, and they've lost to some of the you know um, teams that are perceived as the weakest in the league. So as you say, I think you know we, we could see um, a bit of a a bit of a change in tack um, in, in terms of selection. I feel like both um DORs you know relatively kind of new and still establishing themselves Givington mm-hmm. obviously at Gloucester um and I think you know if, if I were them I'd be looking to try and um just you know pepper in a couple of um younger guys within the 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 team so um you know for Bath for example kind of as we've said love to see um uh, one of the uh, we'll love to see Bailey get a, um, a go in the 23, for example, but also like to see, you know, um, mix up in the in the front row a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Christian Judge played really well, actually, at the weekend, one of his best games. Um, but I thought um, Schumann was was fairly quiet and we have got a reserve of, of you know, really decent props. So someone like Will Vaughan, potentially mm-hmm. bring him into the, the 15 or, or potentially the, the 23 and, um, and give him, uh, give him um, a bit of a go. Um, we may um, see potentially Tom Dunn uh, given a rest, and you know we know that the our South African hooker de, Jacques de, de Toit has has come in in his training, so maybe we see him in a bath shirt um, and get kind of the first um, a first glimpse of him. And I think the Gloucester might do um, you know might do a, a similar thing. Um, you know, looking at the, the, the you know the the team that played against Bristol, there were some less experienced guys that came in. Um, Henry Walker, for example. Um, uh, at Hooker um, and then um, a younger guy who's playing out on the wing as well um, I can't remember Argentinian guy is it? Sorry, correct. yeah Hilarious. yeah I think he's he, he is good so but it might, might be quite an exciting game some guys that we we haven't seen much of um, hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it kind of would be really good for us to, to win this game relegation or no relegation I think Charlie because whilst we are as I said four points behind um the, the team in ninth less the Tigers there is then kind of it is all really bunched up in that middle in that middle of the Premiership so we can get in amongst that maybe we can start pushing up the table Charlie um, how do you kind of how do you see, see this one playing out I think Gloucester are, are a team notoriously with with a lot of back three uh, talent a lot of investment in that back three I think Woodward Thorley and Carreras present a really strong back three for them but maybe up front uh, is, is is a weaker area for that, which may play into Bath's hands, I guess. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, look, they talk about teams who are uh, who are struggling at ten. This is clearly one that Gloucester, <laughs> Gloucester are having. I mean, Danny Cipriani leaves after playing one game at the start of the season. Uh, Lloyd Evans uh, stepped into that ten jersey. He was doing doing a good job, but he's then uh, he's now injured. Uh, he's going to be out for. Uh, few weeks or months even um not quite sure what's happened to him again but he's i know you know he's not going to be available so they've got billy 12 trees uh starting in at 10 
the former lion himself. So uh, uh, I think I think it's 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 going to be look, Gloucester are definitely going to need a win. Uh, I, I think like it, Bath definitely need a win. I, look, I, I feel no relegation aside. I'm I'm personally I hate I hate no relegation. Uh, I don't want it to ever be a permanent uh, a permanent um, a part of the Premiership. Uh, but it's happened, so let's try and make the most of it. Would like to see some younger guys involved, but at the same time, I still think we need to we need to build, we need to win. I mean, because it, it, you can't just you can't just throw the whole season down the pan. I don't think because there's mm-hmm. no relegation, and we'll just uh, don't want it to turn into a dead rubber game. Which obviously there's there's fear that there will be some games this season that uh, there's going to be. There's going to be kids running around. I mean, not kids running around, but there'll be academy guys. Uh, half times at the rack. In, yeah, <laughs> academy guys in their numbers is what I want to say, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to see that. I still think that we, we need to go out. We need to win. We need to build on this, uh, and I'd like to see us finishing. I, I still think top six should be an ambition of ours, and that's where mm. we should be aiming for. But use the platform that we've now got in order to build for next season mm. and bringing young kids through. Yeah. Uh, They've got they yeah they've got they've got some excellent backs there. Obviously, Reece Zammer and Johnny May are doing their thing on the international stage, looking looking pretty sharp. Both of them, uh, it's obviously good. But uh, yeah, the the pack is somewhere where I hope we can we can mm-hmm. dominate. Um, uh, I mean, the the, the scoreline against Bristol sort of flattered them. There were two intercept tries from the Santiago uh, Carreras, Carreras, which when you yeah when you when you put two intercepts into a scoreline of seventeen eighteen, um, it sort of uh, highlights oh, the that. run of play. Um, you so, mentioned Billy Twelvetrees, Charlie. Sorry, being a being a lion, probably surprisingly being a lion. Um, Tom, our lion, Tolupe Falatau, will be available for selection for this game, I believe, given it's a, a fallow week in the uh, Six Nations. What would you do with Tolupe? Straight in on the bench, or or not not feature him at all? I think I get him in. Mm. Um, I think he's he as he running running ragged as he often <laughs> yeah we'll just get our money's worth to be honest with you as he often does he looks much better I think for Wales and their two fixtures than he has done for for Bath for a little bit albeit we have seen um, we have seen glimpses from him and I'd, I think to my, to my point around kind of changing it up a bit I'm not saying throw it away and put kids in I'm saying I think there are going to be some extremely tired bodies in that 15 that, that played against Sale. Um, it's Friday's Friday, so you know it's, it's only the full week. Usually after a Friday game, you might get a little bit longer. So this training week is massively important. You know, even guys that are indestructible, Tom Dunn, Josh McAnally, they're going to be really sore. And so I think most of this week, or a large part of this week, is going to be you know recovery um, and then kind of building into the the next game. So I just think there's a there's a bit of a there's, there's a chance that we kind of fall flat. Um, just through tiredness and not being able to back up the kind of intensity that we showed, mm. and that's why if I'm if I was Stuart Hooper, I would a look to bring in um, you know uh, guys, some of the younger guys, just to, to give them a go um, while we've got some kind of momentum, but also guys that we haven't seen for a bit, or guys that have been on the international scene who can add a bit of energy. So Tolupe Falata, for example, someone like Tom Ellis, if he is ready, he would be the perfect guy, I think, to bring back into that side. Fairly experienced guy, mm. um, really physical, um, which is how we beat Gloucester in my view, and kind of adds that bit of um, kind of freshness to to what's probably going to be you know a fairly tired, um, fairly tired pack. 
Yeah, no, no, I I hear what you're saying, Tom. Completely. Though I think I think one one the of wife, the Wi-Fi is working, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. What a terrible joke. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but look, I think I think one of the main uh, positives I think from the sale game we've actually seen over recent weeks, despite a few of the losses. I mean, we we highlighted it as some of the green shoots appearing. Is some of the is the younger guys slash the new guys into the squad, be that you know, from you know, just from the weekend, for example, Tom de Glanville, Will Muir, Miles Reed, Josh Bayless, kind of guys who really stood out um, and, and, are, and are putting in fantastic performances at the moment. So I definitely think that there is value in these, in these guys who, who don't always get um, as much of a run out as perhaps they, they should. I think they just seem a bit hungrier, a bit more energetic, and a bit more. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what the word quite is, but there's just seems to be a, a little something inside them that is just it, it seems to get an extra few percent out of them. So yeah, I, w- I would like to see a sprinkling of them, as you as you mm. say, Tom. But clear um, another guy. Yeah. I was going to say clear another guy. I'd like to see come back into twenty three, and that's Joe Tokanasiga. Mm. I. I wouldn't put him back in the fifteen. Let's 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 kind of make him earn his, his way back in. But he must be looking at that Will Muir performance and thinking, you know, all the all the talent attributes that he's got, um, there is now even more competition in that wing shirt, mm. um, and hopefully it kind of pushes him on to, you know, yeah. Because I mean, there is so much competition in that wing shirt with Alex Gray as well, kind of mm. coming on to onto the bench and then onto the pitch for the last sort of five minutes, ten minutes of that sale game. So if you think with with Hamer Webb, Rocco, McConaughey, Gray, Muir, uh, Doc and Asiga, Darren Atkins can can also play on the wing as well. Kind of it, it, we are stacked in that wing position. So yeah, maybe some rotation and some rotation uh, throughout the team. And I think boys, unsurprisingly so, I'm gonna predict a, a Bath win. And I and I do think I do see this kind of maybe being being one of the easier games of the season. I really don't know how Gloucester are, are going to react to, to the no relegation, whether it will kind of rally them and, and kind of spur them on or whether it will have an effect of, of, of uh, almost, well, we've, we've got nothing almost to fight for at this point. And I hope it's the latter and, and, and I go for Bath. Yeah. Tom? Um, I, well, you know, Sale followed by Gloucester um, is a, um, a combination we know well. That was the kind of peak mm. of last season when we, we came back to get that bonus point. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, this is probably the, the ideal game mm. um, in the position we're in. So, um, I yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll get a good home win. Um, I think, yeah, so I think probably Bath by by a score, so say by seven. Um, and, a, and Matt Banahan try for Gloucester, um, as he always does. Matt Garth? And on the, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it a trio, but boys... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling confident about this. Oh, I'm thinking it's, it's going to be a brace of Will Muir tries. I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. Uh, Bath are going to are going to pull away. We're going to win by 15 points. Um, <laughs> leave it on that. Uh, you can uh, you can all have a go at me next weekend when we've lost and we're back down. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, perhaps I should have just predicted a draw like I did last week and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it covered my back. But yeah, come on, Bath by 15. I'm expecting a big, a big performance that sends a message out that we turn this team around. Uh, uh, we as in me, you, uh, and Gabriel. And uh, uh, you can, you can, you can uh, write us all on uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it is, and thank us. Just, sticking with the boys yeah or just put us on the payroll we're open to that as well <laughs> yeah anything anything so about the Cipriani money just pay us yeah. thank you very much for joining boys and thanks for listening again you know, look what one win does to our spirits um, Charlie's saying top six and I might even say top four before we end this Jeez. we don't end this podcast any sooner so I'll go I'll go, I'll go grand final champions <laughs> so thank you very much for listening um, subscribe rate spread the word and stick behind the boys through thick and thin